instead. She stands perfectly still, watching the man who's on his hands and knees constructing the castle. His back is to us, and I doubt he knows we're here. He's so intent on what he's doing. Obviously, he takes his castling seriously, which gives me ample time to study the scene. The castle is taller than Emmy and has at least a dozen spires and turrets of various sizes. It's probably taken him all day to construct it. There are even trees in the castle grounds that lead down to the edge of the moat he's currently digging. The whole thing is pretty impressive, but not nearly as impressive as the guy who's building it. I learn once I turn my attention to him. His hands are broad and long-fingered, tanned and capable-looking, as though they're used often and probably calloused. I follow them up muscular forearms, roped with thick veins and bands of sinew to biceps that bulge against the dark blue cotton of his T-shirt. The material is stretched tight across his wide shoulders, too, which only further accentuates his narrow waist. I evaluate the man in the same clinical way that I do the castle, with an appreciation for form and structure. Nothing more. That is, until he turns his shaggy blonde head to look at me. I can tell by the frown that creases his forehead and shades his bright blue eyes that we took him by surprise. Normally, I would do the polite thing and apologize, but at the moment, my thoughts are as scattered and hard to catch as my breath. He's handsome, yes. He's built well, yes. I'm sure in another life, or if I were someone else, I'd be very attracted to him. Only, I'm not attracted to men. Or women. Not anymore. I'm not attracted to anyone anymore. So then why can't I breathe? Why do I feel like I just fell into a black hole that sucked all the air from the world and dropped hot boulders into my stomach? He rocks back on his haunches, brushing off his hands almost angrily. My insides do a funny little quiver as he watches me. It's not really fear or embarrassment. It's more like awareness, extreme awareness. Emmy stirs where she had gone around behind me to peek over my shoulder, and her movement draws his piercing eyes. After that, I think I cease to exist. As he stares at her, the color leaves his handsome golden face, taking with it the frown that he was wearing. His mouth drops open a little, and I hear the huff of a breath as he releases it. If I didn't know any better... I'd say he looked shocked. I just don't know why he would be. He gapes at Emmy for a few long seconds before, wordlessly, he turns away. At first, he does nothing. Doesn't move. Doesn't speak. Doesn't even appear to breathe. Just continues to kneel, facing away from us, staring at the sandcastle. But then, after a bit, he returns to his moat, he digs into the sand fiercely, almost angrily, and I wonder that his fingers don't bleed. I don't really know whether I should say something or not, so I opt with not. Already he doesn't seem too thrilled with our presence. 
another interruption might be even more poorly received. Just as I'm rising to sweep Emmy into my arms and carry her back, the man pauses, his head turning as he catches a glimpse of the clump of daisies buried stem deep in the sand in front of the castle. His shoulders slump visibly. I see his hands start to jut out and then stop and then start again. He reaches for one flower, plucking it from the bunch and twirling it in his fingers. I know I should leave, leave him to whatever he was doing and thinking before we arrived, but I can't. Not yet. I can't. But I just don't know why. Finally, he glances back at us, at Emmy. His gaze isn't too direct, almost as though he knows that too much attention is hard for my daughter. I watch as he extends the flower.